Hi there. So, welcome to Accounting 101, or what we refer to as Introduction to Accounting. In the previous video, we saw, uh, I gave you the overview of the entire course and what the mindset you need to have for the course, the uh, course structure, and then the examination structure. Now, we want to get into the course itself and start with what uh, financial accounting is all about. And I'm going to do in this series of videos relating to the introduction, I'm going to take the definition of accounting which I have on the board which I'll be going through in a moment and then with the definition that I have on the board, I'm going to break it down into various sessions, into various topics and after we go through these definitions, we will literally cover the syllabus, okay? We will literally cover the syllabus then after that, we will take the items one after the other and take it through it. So that is what you have to understand when we talk about these series of introductory videos to financial accounting. So in a nutshell, when we talk about financial accounting, what do we say it's financial accounting? Now there is uh, there are a lot of definitions that we can give on financial accounting. There are a lot of school of thoughts and authors who have given various definitions. But one of the most simplest definition of financial accounting, which uh, it's familiar, which everyone is familiar with and has been generally accepted, is what I have here on the board, and that is what I will be using and I'll be going through with you because it explains to us the stages of how financial statements are prepared and the purpose for which the financial statement are prepared, who the financial statements is prepared for, how the accountant obtains information and the various things that we go through in uh, establishing and then uh, presenting financial statements from an accounting system. So what is financial accounting? We would define financial accounting as the process of collecting, that's the first thing, Recording, that's the second thing. Classifying, that's the third thing. Summarizing, that's the fourth thing. Preparation and presentation, that's the fifth thing. Of financial statements to the understanding of third parties for economic decision making. So let me run through that again. Financial accounting is the process of collecting, recording, classifying, summarizing, Preparation and presentation of financial statements to the understanding of third parties for economic decision making. So from this definition, there are seven thematic areas that we're going to be focusing on and I'm going to be expanding on these seven thematic areas and all of these seven things will help us to be able to understand what financial accounting is about. Now, what are these seven thematic areas from the definition? So, one, we have collecting. So, you can see I have underlined that. Second, recording. Third, classifying. Fourth, summarizing. Fifth, preparation and presentation. Sixth, financial statement. And then seven, third parties. Each of these items that I've underlined is actually a topic on its own. It's actually a subheading on its own that we need to deal with and we need to explain further. Now, so we'll, somebody may ask, uh, what kind of organizations use financial accounts? What kind of organization records financial transactions? Now, if you look uh, uh, at the first video in relation to the introduction to the course, what we did was I, gave, I took you through the various topics that we'll be doing. And so 
irrespective of the size of the organization, there are various types of organization and you'll be doing this in management, accounting and information system. However, here, what I would do is to introduce you to the types of all the forms of businesses. Now, when it comes to businesses, we have various forms of businesses depending on the definitions or the concepts you want to use to define them. Now, we have first a sole proprietorship business. A sole proprietorship business is a business that is owned, controlled and managed by a single individual. So these are usually enterprises, right? So it's owned by a single individual. He contributes to the capital of the business. He uh, bears the risks and the rewards of the business. He uh, handles, manages, takes decisions of the business. Any loss of the business, he's the one who bears the losses. And the liability of such business is unlimited. What does that mean? It simply means that if the business uh, goes into debt or that there is a debt that the business cannot pay, the sole proprietor, who is the owner of the business, will be the one who will pay the, the debt. So we have to go sell the, uh, the sole proprietor's uh, the sole proprietor's property or whatsoever to pay for the debt as and when it arises or as and when it is due. So that is the first form of business, sole proprietorship business. And so when it comes to sole proprietorship business, they use financial accounting as well, all right? Because you got to uh, collect your information, you got to record your information, you got to classify, you got to summarize, you got to prepare your financial statement. And when it comes to sole proprietorship businesses, the kind of financial statement they prepare, which we'll go into later on, is the trading profit and loss accounts, and also the statement of financial position, or what we traditionally call as the balance sheet. So a sole proprietorship business prepares those financial statements. So a sole proprietorship business uses financial accounting and reports financial transactions. The second form of business we can talk about is um, companies, all right? When it comes to companies also, depending on where we are standing, we can have various types of companies. We have what we call companies limited by shares. Now, these are limited liability companies that is owned by share. With this one, there is a separation between ownership and management. For instance, EcoBank, for instance, uh, uh, GT Bank, all right? For instance, uh, Guinness Ghana Limited or uh, Guinness Brewery Limited, depending on wherever we are standing, these businesses, we, they are shareholders of the business. So it's not that, that shareholders necessarily that are the management or the managers of the organization, even though there are some organizations that happens like that. So with companies limited by share, they are supposed to prepare financial statement. They are supposed to have their financial statement audited. They are supposed to publish their financial statement. They are supposed to hold an annual general meeting uh, to make every decision. The board of directors are replaced on a cyclical basis. They are supposed to uh, uh, adhere to the uh, company's code of Ghana. And there are a lot of things that they do. But one of the uh, some of the advantages that companies limited by share stand to gain is that they make they get easy access to uh, loan because quote unquote it's a company right it's bigger it's liquidity they be solid so they get access to financial uh, uh, support or financial need one of the things also is that their liability is not limited all right their liability is limited okay it's limited to the capital contributed in other words when a company goes into bankruptcy um, the liability is limited to the share that they have uh, in the business but there are some exceptional cases where uh, the veil of corporation will be removed don't worry uh, I'll be explaining all that in a moment the veil of corporation will be removed and we will 
go beyond how much money they have in the business to check their personal properties because we've smelled that they've stole some money from the business or they have uh, engaged in um, uh, some uh, unethical activities of the business and so we need to go to and freeze their bank accounts, freeze, put uh, uh, the government will put its hands or the regulators will put their hands on their properties and they cannot have access to their property. So their liability is limited but there is a condition attached to that. Then also one of the things that we need to understand, so that is about companies limited by um, um, shares. Then we have companies limited by guarantee. Now companies limited by guarantee are typically some things like hospitals, clinics, um, schools, all right, educational centers, whatever it is. Now these are more or less like NGOs, foundations, okay. Now before I come to that, let me quickly go back to limited by share. Now with limited by share, the financial statement they prepare would include something like the, they include the income statement and other comprehensive income. They prepare the cash flow statement and then they prepare the statement of changes in equity and also they prepare the statement of financial position. So in the preparation of these statutory financial statements, they have to use financial accounts, they have to use financial reporting, they need to collect information, they need to record the information, they need to classify the information, right? So they use that. Then when it comes to limited by guarantee also, these are NGOs, foundations, yes, they also use financial accounting. Why? Because they have to prepare uh, records, they have to be accountable for how much money that has been given to them or have been contributed to them. Remember, they are not there to make profit, but at the end of the period, they want to find out whether the money has been utilized, whether value for money has been achieved, whether they have surplus cash or deficit cash, and then where whichever places that they are getting their money from. So when it comes to company for non-trading purposes also, they use financial accounting and they report financial statement. And they prepare the revenue and expenditure account. They look at the receipt and payment account. That is their cash book. Then they also prepare the statement of financial position. Then there are other sub accounts that they can prepare like the bar trading accounts, um, the subscription accounts, all of these things. In the preparation of all of these things, they use financial accounting. Then we have public corporations, all right? When it comes to public corporation also, they use financial accounting because at the end of the year or at the end of the day, we want to find out is the corporation using the government's money well? Uh, can we achieve value for money? Is there any embezzlement of funds or is everything moving on the way it has to move on? So as you can see, what I want you to understand is that all spectrums of businesses that exist use financial accounting. That is why financial accounting is a fundamental role irrespective of where we find ourselves, whether it's a for-profit making organization, it's a public sector, it's a sole proprietorship business, it's a limited liability companies by share, we will still be using financial accounting. Now, when it comes to these various types of businesses, their features, their advantages, their disadvantages, you will do that uh, in much detail in uh, business management and information system as well as some of them in uh, business law. So you take your time in accounting here, we just have to touch a little bit on them, but uh, it will be dealt with properly in business law and then business management and information system. So now that we've had that overview of what these forms of business is, it means that uh, what this form of business, then it means that we need to go through what I labeled out as the seven thematic areas of the financial accounting definition that I have on the board. So let's look at the definition once again and then let's break the definition down 
into the seven thematic areas and then let's see what financial accounting really is about. So when we look at the definition again, we said that financial accounting is the process of collecting, recording, classifying, summarizing, preparation and presentation of financial statement to the understanding of third parties for economic decision making. Right. So the first thing we saw there about the thematic errors is collecting. So number one, collecting. You see, the definition is not about chewing the definition. It's about understanding what the definition means. That is why I'm going to be taking these seven thematic errors from the definition so that we understand what financial accounting is about. So that when you stand somewhere and you just blab, like um, financial accounting is the process of collecting, recording, classifying, summarizing, preparation, presentation, when you say all those stuff, you know the meaning of what you are saying. And that will help us also in passing our exams. So when we say collecting, the first question we need to ask ourselves is, where do we collect financial transactions from? How do we get their financial transactions to be able to record them and classify them and summarize them? So the first point is the collecting of financial transactions. Now, financial accountants collect financial information from what we call source documents. Okay? So collecting of financial transaction or financial information is from the source document. So what is a source document? We would define a source document as the original record containing the details to substantiate a transaction entered in an accounting system. Let me take that again. A source document is the original record containing the details to substantiate a transaction entered in an accounting system. So we collect the information from a source document. Now, so what are some of the examples of source documents we can talk about? First, we can talk about cash memo. What is a cash memo? A cash memo is simply a source document that is used to record both cash and uh, both cash sales and cash purchases transactions. Okay, so there are some transactions that we do on cash basis when it comes to sales and purchases of uh, of uh, assets or of our goods of our inventories those cash transactions are recorded in what we call the cash memo or they are first taken from the cash memo so when we want to record we go to the cash memo and ask okay how many purchases have we done how many how much sales have we done on cash basis we pick that up and then we come and record it so a cash memo is a source document too invoice and bills is a source document then receipts is a source document, paying slip is a source document, check is a source document, debit note and credit note is also a source document. Now I'll be explaining the debit note and credit note in a moment, but let me throw some light on that. Now when we talk about debit note and credit note, this is what happens. For instance, if you buy goods from me on credit, or for some reasons you buy goods from me and I issue an invoice to you and I'm saying that uh, uh, yes you buy goods on, on credit for me let's start from that point you buy goods on credit from me then um, you buy the good the goods you buy you bought was let's say five thousand dollars okay so you bought five thousand dollars worth of goods and then um, when I was issuing the invoice to you for the goods that you bought I actually gave you I actually give you give you um, four thousand five hundred so that was the invoice I issued to you. Now, we didn't know that. So later on, we figured out and we realized that, oh, 
I issued an invoice of 4,500 and I didn't give you any discounts, but it should have been 5,000. Now, when you buy from me on credit, you are my debtor and I am your creditor. So if you are my debtor, debtors keep debit balance. Now, we will get into this later on, but uh, it will be coming in. So you need to stay with it. So when you buy from me on credit, you, you that is buying from me on credit, you are my debtor and I am your creditor. So if you are my debtor, if, I, if you buy from me on credit, you are my debtors, you have debit balance. I'm going to debit your account in my book. So for instance, the sales of the 5000 that I gave to you, this is double entry, we'll get into that in a moment. I'm going to debit your account, okay, your account. So let me just put your account here with the 5000 and I'll credit my sales account, okay, for the sales that I made to you, 5000 This is called double entry, we'll get into that in a moment. Now, so this is what I'm supposed to have done. But because I was issuing the invoice to you, I didn't issue 5000 to you. I issued an invoice of 4500 And because the receipt is a source document, or the invoice is a source document, I, we're going to use that to make this record. So in actual sense, I'll be recording 4500 4500 So later on, if I realize that, oh, we made a mistake, it should have been 5000 and not 4500 then I need to bring in the 500 You see, in accounting, we don't clean, we don't cancel things up, we don't just uh, uh, rewrite figures like that. So you can't just say, oh, let me clean this and write 5000 down. No, we can't do that. So what do we do? I need to now increase your debts in my book by 500 so I need to add 500 to it. So how do I add the 500 to it? When I add the 500 to it, I need to issue a document to you. That is what we refer to as what? The debit note. So when I issue that debit note to you, it is to detail out or to inform you that I am debiting your account with 500 and explaining to you why I am debiting your account with 500. So that is the purpose of a debit note. So as the name suggests, a debit note is a note that is issued to signify that they ought to inform the recipient that his or her account has been debited. Credit note on the other hand, the same thing. So assuming it's 5,000, but when I was recording, I recorded um, um, 6,000 that means I say you owe me more than what you're supposed to have owed me. So I have to credit your account to reduce the figure. So when I'm crediting your account, I need to issue a credit note to you and tell you that I am crediting your account because we made a mistake whilst we were making the recording. So that is also uh, a source document. Then vouchers can also be source document. So what are we saying here? The financial accountant collects financial transactions from source documents. The source documents are the original record which pertains or which contains uh, the details which substantiate transactions in an accounting system. Example of source documents can be referred to as sales memo, receipts, invoice, bills, paying slip, uh, check, vouchers, debit notes, credit notes, all of these are source documents. Now, the examiner can ask you in level one like that, there are a lot of uh, questions that the examiner can ask you, and he can just ask you, list five source documents, you know, for five months. So it's very important, you know, then in relation to that. So that is the first thing that we do as accountants. We have to 
collect the financial information. Now, after we collect the financial information, then we go to the next step. The next step we go to is to record. So now, we have the invoice, we have the paying slip, we have the check, we have the debit notes, we have the credit notes, all of those things provide us with information. So we go to the next step called recording. So when it comes to recording of transactions, so number two, recording. Now, recording of financial transaction take place in what we refer to as day books. It can also be called books of private entry. It can also be called books of original entry. So there are various names we can call that, but they are all the same. So day books, books of prime entry, books of original entry. So we, when we collect the information from the source documents, we record them in the day books. Now, so somebody may ask, what are the day books that we have? Among other things, companies have about seven day books that they keep. Right. So what are these? We have the sales day book. Now their names will help us. We have the purchases day book. We have the sales returns day books. We have the purchases returns. Then we also have the cash book. Then we have the petty cash book. And then we have the journal. The journal. The journal. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven day books that we can talk about. Now each of these day books serve a purpose. So let's look at it. Sales day book. What does it, what does it record? Simple. A sales day book is used to record credit sales or sales made on credit simple so the sales day book is used to record credit sales period what does that mean so from the illustration that i used about you buying goods from me on credit when i record it in my in the first place i record when i give you the invoice that invoice becomes a source document and so I will now record the transaction of the goods you bought from me on credit in my sales day book. So that's the first thing you have to understand. So the sales day book is used to record credit sales. Credit sales or sales made on credit. The second thing is the purchases day book. As the name suggests or suggests to us, the purchases day book is also used to record credit purchases. Credit purchases. Credit purchases. Now, when it comes to credit purchases or purchases that we made on credit, so you buying the goods from me on credit in your book, you will record that transaction in your purchases day book. In my book, I will record the transaction in my sales day book because to me, you are a debtor, to you, I am a creditor. But you need to understand that. When we talk about the sales day book and the purchases day book, 
And when we talk about sales on credit and purchases on credit, respectively, we are talking about sales and or purchases of goods or inventory. What does that mean? If we buy fixed assets, if we buy non-current assets, we'll get into that as well very soon. If we buy assets or capital expenditure, which is not uh, uh, something that we are buying to resell on credit, then it, would be, it wouldn't be entered in the purchases day book. If we sell something that is not part of our inventory, that is not part of our stock, that is not part of our core businesses, it will not be entered in the sales day book. Rather, if we sell or buy fixed assets or other items that are not core of our business on credit or, or, or we sell on credit, we will record it in another day book called the journal. So let me give you an example. Let's say we are a retail shop. So we sell a lot of stuff on retail. Let's say we sell mobile phones, laptops. Yeah, these are the goods we sell. And our office is located at maybe anywhere in Dansoman. And so that is what we sell. Then we go and buy, for instance, a delivery van. Okay, so or motor, mot motorbike. Now there are a lot of uh, deliveries that are done with motorbike. So we go and buy motorbike for delivery of some of our goods. When we buy, if we buy the motorbike on credit, that motorbike we have bought, we didn't buy the motorbike to resell it. As such, the motorbike that we bought on credit, even though it is a purchases and it's on credit, we cannot enter it in the purchases day book because we are not buying the motorbike to resell it. Rather, we will enter it in the journal. However, if we go to China or we go to wherever we, or the US or wherever we go to buy our goods to buy the laptops, to buy the mobile phones, which we are about to resell or which we will be reselling on credit, then that one will be entered in the purchases day book. So that is what you need to understand. Now, the fact, so the fact that we're saying that credit purchases or credit sales does not mean anything you buy on credit, anything you sell on credit will be entered in that. It is only when that thing is core, it's your inventory, it's your stock, then you can enter it there. But anything outside that, which is on credit, you have to enter it in the journal. So that understanding is very, very important. Then the next thing is the sales returns. Now, listen to the name, sales returns. Sales returns. This is just English. Sales returns. Sales returns. Now, the sales returns daybook records sales made on credit which customers bring back for faulty uh, reasons or for whatever thing. Another name for the sales returns is what we call the returns inwards daybook. Now all these things are very very important as we move ahead. So another name for the sales returns is the returns inward. Okay, so the sales returns daybook or the return inward daybook records sales that have been returned. So for instance, you bought goods from me, $5,000.
and for some reasons you went and uh, three days later you realized that some of the goods were faulty so you returned some uh, part of that goods valued at for instance um, $500 now when you are returning that to me remember the illustration from the beginning I said because you are buying on credit from me to me you are my debtor to you I am your creditor so when you return the goods to me that, that is you are returning it to me it is called returns inwards or it is called sales returns so the goods that they are returning to me of $500 I'm going to enter it in the sales returns day book or what we call the returns inwards day book in your book since I am your creditor when you are returning it to me you will record it in the purchases returns or what we call returns outwards day book sounds good I hope you are following the picture right so um, that is how it works so you bought goods from me on credit in my books you are my data in your book I am your creditor the goods you bought from me I will record it in my sales day book because it's on credit you will record it in your purchases day book because you bought it on credit when you return part of the goods to me when I am receiving it it's called inwards it is coming to me you are returning my sales so I will record it in the sales returns or the returns inwards day book but in your book because you are giving it out to me because you are returning it to me you will put it in the purchases returns or the returns outwards day book so that's what you have to understand in relation to that so um, sales day book or uh, um, sales day book record a credit sales purchases day book records credit purchases sales returns or returns it will record uh, returns of the sales purchases returns or returns outward records returns of goods that has been bought then we come to the cash book now the cash book is a day book as well as a ledger I will come to that in a moment the cash book is a day book and at the same time a ledger why is it a day book and why is it a ledger so let's first deal with why is it a day book or why is it a day book so the cash book records cash and bank transactions so when we go and buy a motorbike and pay money we will record it in the cash book when someone is owing us and the person pays us the money we will record it in the cash book so all cash and bank transactions are recorded in the cash book so that makes it a day book so when someone gives is owing us and the person gives us a check remember we said a check is a source document so based on the check we've received we will enter it into our cash book which is a day book now the reason why the cash book by itself is a day book and as well as a ledger is that at the end of the year we will balance the cash book on its own because it is a self-balancing day book we will balance on it on and get a balance brought down or a balance uh, yeah and get a balance brought down 
at the end of the day, which will be taken to the next accounting year. We will come into that also in a moment. But when it comes to the cash book, depending on the classification and where we stand, there are three categories or types of cash book that we can talk about. So let's look at it. I'm putting that here, okay? Because I don't want to clean my board yet. The first one is called the single column cash book. Now, the single column cash book is the cash book that has one currency column. Okay? The single column cash book. So, listen to the name. Single. 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 So, the reason why there is that three classification, it's one because of the currency symbol or the currency column. So, a single column cash book has a single currency column. Now, look at the pro forma. The pro forma of the single column cash book is this. Now, we're going to have a debit side. So, the left-hand side is always the debit side. The right-hand side is always the credit side. The left-hand side records all money that we receive. So, when we receive money, we record it on the debit side because it is receipt. And when we are paying money, we record it on the credit side because money is going out. So that is the principle you need to understand. So the debit side is the, uh, the left-hand side. The credit side is the right-hand side. So we're going to have the date. We're going to have ledger folio LF. I'll come to that. We're going to have details. And then we'll have either cash or bank. Either cash or bank. Not the two. Remember what we said. We're going to have one cash column. We're going to have a single column. So that column can be cash. That is, if the company doesn't deal with check, then they deal with only cash, then that place will be cash. If the company doesn't deal with cash and it deals purely with check, bank transfers all the time, then it will be bank. That is the debit side. The same thing will be duplicated on the credit side all right the same thing will be duplicated on the credit side so we're going to have dates we're going to have ledger folio lf we're going to have details we're going to have cash or bank so the same thing on the debit side on the credit side that is a single column cash book so when do we prepare the single column cash book we prepare the single column cash book when the transaction has a single cash or sorry a single uh, uh, currency column like there is there is it's strictly cash or strictly bank but not only that there are some companies they don't they are not purely cash or purely bank they are a little bit cash and a little bit bank or partly cash and partly bank so what do we do in that case it means we need to have a cash column and then a bank column in that case we will have a second type of cash book called the double column cash book or two column cash book So the double column cash book, the double column cash book, it's going to have, as I mentioned, the same things. So it will have dates, 
ledger folio details but this time around it will have a cash column severally and then a bank column severally so let's look at it so date ledger folio details cash and then what bank so it has a cash column and then a bank column severally so this is just one currency but there's going to be two currencies then on the credit side that thing will be duplicated so date ledger folio details cash and bank i'm just trying to squeeze everything down here cash and bank so that is what you need to understand about that as well in relation to that. So that's a double column cash book. So you see that we have cash, we have bank, we have cash, we have bank. So if the company is purely cash, we go with a single column cash book. If it is partly cash, partly bank, we go with a double column cash book. But sometimes the business, in order to maintain flow of cash, in order to make sure that even though we are selling goods on credit, our customers are paying the money on time, companies give or offer discounts. That is called cash discounts. Now, we'll go to that in a moment, but when it comes to discounts, there are two types of discounts. We have what we call quantity or bulk discounts, and then we have what we call the cash discounts. The quantity or bulk discount is the discount that is given for bulk purchases. So may, maybe the company can say, if you buy goods worth 100,000 Ghana cities and above, we give you 20% discount. Or if you buy two or more courses, we will give you 20% discount. It is called quantity discount. It is called bulk discount. Now, those kind of discounts are not recorded in the book, right? We don't really uh, specify them anyway. We will take it into consideration in our sales day book. We will write the figure and then we will write the discount they will get the amount but it does that discount figure will not appear anywhere again in the book but there is a second type of discount which i mentioned which is a cash discount this is where we will say that listen even though you can pay us in 30 days if you're able to pay us in 10 days or in less than 15 days we will give you 10 percent discount so when the person is about to pay us, remember, I told you that when we are receiving money, we come to the debit side. We put the money on the debit side. So when the person is coming to pay us the money on time, then we need to give and we want to give the person discounts. That will be called discount allowed. So let me use you and I. You buy goods from me on credit, and I said, all right, you bought goods $5,000, so I'll give you 10% discount. So in my books right now, you are owing me 4,500 cities. Then I tell you that, okay, even though you can pay me in 30 days' time, if you pay me in 10 days' time, I'm going to give you a further 20% discount. Okay, so within the 10 days, you brought the money. So I'm going to allow you the discount. Now, when we allow discounts like that, remember, I'm receiving the money, so I need to record it on the debit side. When we are allowing discounts like that, it relates to the cash. And so that leads us to the third category or type of cash book called the three-column cash book. So the three-column cash book will have the cash, 
we'll have the bank and we'll also have a third column that will be referred to as the discount column so on the debit side because we'll be receiving money and when we receive money we will give discount it will be called discount allowed so the discount allowed is on the debit side of the three column cash book but when we are also paying okay so in your books when you are paying me and I give you discounts you will credit your cash book which means you are paying me but in addition to that I am giving you a discount so you will see that as a discount receive so in a three column cash book discount allowed is on the debit side because relating to the receipts of money but discount receive is on the credit side because you only receive discounts when you are paying so that is the third type of cash book that we need to understand so let me put that down let me put it down so number three three column cash book so look at how look at how the three column cash book it's going to be like so still our dates will be there our ledger folio is going to be there our details will appear certainly but we have discount allowed we have cash we have bank alright so realize that this time around we're going to have three currency columns that's what we mean here then we have dates we have ledger folio we have details we have discounts receive then we have cash we have bank so that is the three column cash book so the discount receive is on the credit side because you only receive discounts when you are paying the discount allowed is on the debit side because you only allow discounts when you are receiving the money so that is about the cash book so we are going to be solving questions later on in, <coughs> sorry in relation to how we can prepare the cash book okay and from the question we would we will know whether we have to prepare a two column cash book a single column cash book or a three column cash book but for your information it is almost always going to be a three column cash book so Gotta make sure that you understand the concept very well. So sales day book, credit sales, purchase day book, credit purchases, sales returns, returns of sales, purchases returns, returns of purchases, cash book to record cash and bank transactions. Then we have the petty cash book. Now, as the name suggests, petty. Now, when you hear the name petty, what comes to your mind? Small, small, okay? Small, small. Now, there are some daily uh, transactions that companies incur, such as things like uh, paying for the daily uh, water that a company uses. Maybe they buy sachet water, they pay for refuse dump, they pay for uh, small, small stables in the office that they buy every day. Now, those transactions are petty and when we want to, if we want to record them in the main cash book it's really going to be very tedious so 
those small transactions, those daily small transactions that companies pay, are recorded in the petty cash book. So the petty cash book is also a cash book that is used to record cash uh, transactions, small cash transactions, as the name suggests. So we'll be looking at the petty cash system later on, where we will give the petty cashier an amount of money, and when the petty cashier spends the money, we will reimburse the petty cashier for how much money that he has spent. And uh, so every time we will give the petty cashier, maybe we will say that take 10,000 or that's too much. Maybe, okay, depending on the size of the company, right? But let's just say 1,000 Ghana cities. That is for the petty cashier. So every day you'll be paying that, you'll be paying that. So till the money finishes, we reimburse you with how much. So maybe you use 950 Ghana cities. And so you are left with 50 Ghana cities. We need to reimburse you with the 950 Ghana cities so that you come back to your float, which is 1,000 Ghana cities. So the petty cash book is used to record um, small uh, uh, transactions, cash transactions that are not supposed to be recorded in the cash book. Not that they are not supposed to be recorded, but they are of routine nature. So it would be good to single them out in the petty cash book. Then the final one is the journal. Now, I've already mentioned the journal, that it records all transactions that are not recorded anywhere, like the sales of purchases, sale or purchases of fixed assets on credit, we record it in the journal. Opening and closing, opening uh, balances in the uh, books of the company, we record it in the journal. So these are the various day books that a company Uses. So what are we saying? One, the financial accountant collects the financial transactions from where? The source document. What are these source documents? Sales memo, right? Receipts, invoice, okay? Check, pay-in slip, vouchers, debit notes, credit notes. All of these are source documents. That is where we collect the information from. Once we have the information, it needs to be recorded. That's the second one, recording. Where do we record the transactions? We record the transaction in day books, books of prime entry or original books of original entry. It's the same thing. So we record the transaction there. Now, what are these day books? You have the sales day book for credit sales, purchases day book for credit purchases, returns inward day book for sales returns, a returns outwards day book for purchases returns, cash book for cash and bank transactions, petty cash book for routine uh, minor transactions, and then the journal to record transactions that are not recorded anywhere. So this is what you have to this is what you have to understand about collecting and recording. In our next video, we will deal with classifying and summarizing. So I'll see you in the next video as we continue with the introduction to accounting.